are really powerful, as, as they always are. So, as we talked about last Sunday, we're beginning the Gospel of Mark. And if you haven't done it this past week, go home today, go home this week, read the Gospel of Mark. It's 16 chapters. Uh, and it's so healthy for us sometimes to just read the Gospel straight through. At Mass, over the coming year, we'll slowly work our way through Mark's Gospel. But sometimes we need to hear that whole story all together. I want you to think this morning about big paradigm changes. When someone is, has real genius for something, it changes the way we do things. And everyone's always trying to, to play catch up. So now, when I look back like at the 90s, you know, Pearl Jam changed music and every band sounded like Pearl Jam. Um, right now, one of the biggest game changers and paradigm shifts that you and I have had in our lives was when Netflix came out. And if you think about Netflix, it completely changed the way people watch movies and TV shows. And so now it drives you nuts. You go home, and your friend, you know, you're at Mass, and your friend's like, have you seen the latest amazing show? You're like, no, I haven't seen that one. And so you go home, and you're looking on Amazon Prime. I'm sure you've done this. It's not there. So then you flip to Netflix. It's not there. And you're like, okay, I, I don't know if Hulu is still a thing. Whatever, you look through all of them, and then you realize now you need Disney Plus, right? <laughs> Which my nerdy friend, Father Daniel, has Disney Plus, and he's trying to get me to watch The Mandalorian, and I'm like, there is a line I will not cross. Um, but there's all that. I heard on the radio yesterday uh, that even the Discovery Channel now has Discovery Plus. And so every company is looking for a new subscription because everybody's playing catch-up. And if you think about that, it's because someone out there was genius enough to come up with a paradigm that changed everything. Today, our readings assume that you know the greatest paradigm in the story of Israel that changed everything. And Mark, in the gospel, assumes that you know this. The great paradigm where everyone's trying to play catch up. There's one story in the Old Testament that essentially is that paradigm. It becomes the paradigm for the rest of the Old Testament. It becomes a paradigm for the Christian life. And you've got to know that story. My nieces and nephews, when we went to Disneyland, I don't know, five or six years ago, and... I was like the nerdy priest, of course. We're driving and the kids are bored out of their mind. So I'm like, how do I like engage them? And so I'm a priest, so I started asking Catholic trivia questions. And after a while, my niece said, Father Brian, is the answer to every question Rome? I'm like, yeah, it is. And they started guessing Rome for every question. Today, the answer for you as a Christian, and my, my RCIA class gets used to this, so oftentimes that paradigm the paradigm that changed everything is the story of the Exodus. 
And mark today, if you listen, right, and I hope this week, as with every week, I hope you were at home, you read the gospel for this Sunday, and you're like, oh, I wonder what Father Brian's going to say this Sunday. What is this going to be about? Mark begins his gospel, and if you heard, he says this, he says, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, we'll get to why he says Isaiah, he says, behold, I send my messenger before your face, who shall prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. This, today I want to talk to you about Netflix. I want to talk to you about the moment that changed everything in the history of the world and how it led to today's gospel. So John, or I'm sorry, Mark today says, he quotes Isaiah. And that was our first reading today from Isaiah chapter 40. Also in the Old Testament, Malachi chapter 3, which for us as Christians is the last of the prophets. Malachi 3 verse 1 quotes the same thing. And what Mark did today is he says, here's what Isaiah says, but what he did is he pulled a fast one on you, and he quotes three different verses from the Old Testament. And he stitches them together. But the original one is from Exodus 23. And here's why all this matters. Mark's, this is not just one verse of Mark's gospel. This verse is something that sets the stage for the entire gospel of Mark. And it's going to tell us what it means to follow Jesus. And the original quote is from Uh, Exodus chapter 23. And God says, Behold, I send an angel or a messenger. The Greek word is the same. It's angelos. I send my messenger before you to guard you on the way and to bring you to the place that I have prepared. Here's why, and what, what Mark says today is he quotes Isaiah. And here's why all this matters. To be a Christian, this is what St. Mark is crying out. This is what John the Baptist is saying to us. This is what Isaiah, Malachi, and Moses, what they all want to say to us is if you want to follow God, you must go through the Exodus. If you want to follow God, you have to go through an Exodus. One more quote. I know this is a lot today. One more quote. This is from a, what's called the Mishnah. The Mishnah is a, a collection of, of rabbi, rabbinic teaching. The Mishnah says this. It says, In every generation, a person is duty-bound to regard himself as if he personally has gone forth from Egypt. Listen to that again. In every generation, a person is duty-bound to regard himself as if he personally has gone forth from Egypt. This is what the beginning of the gospel is saying to us. 
And this is going to be all over the New Testament. What I want to say to you this Sunday, brothers and sisters, and what the gospel of Jesus Christ wants to say to us is you cannot be a Christian if you do not go through an exodus. You cannot be a Christian if you do not go through an exodus. What does that mean? In Egypt, all in, in the whole Bible, Egypt after the Exodus story becomes a symbol of sinfulness and worldliness. And I know what you want. You want the same thing as me. All of us, we just want to be normal and we want to live our life and be comfortable and we want to be good Christians. No one can be a Christian if they do not leave the world behind. No one can be a Christian if they do not leave the world behind. And I know you guys, you know, you're like, maybe you're not doing really bad things. Right? You're like, Father Brian, I'm not that bad. I'm just, you know, I'm a little bit too much into Beyonce, but whatever. Whatever it is, you know, in your life, maybe you just feel like, I'm just a normal person. You cannot be a Christian if you do not go through an exodus and if you don't leave the world behind. That's why John the Baptist goes to the wilderness today and he calls us out to leave behind our normal lives. I thought of so many people today. My favorite stories of Christian saints are when saints realize that they had to let all their old life go. They had to leave it behind and they had to go follow him somewhere where they at first didn't want to go. St. Augustine, right, he's my favorite saint. I didn't want it to be St. Augustine. I always wanted it to be some cool saint like no one knows about. But I just can't help it. I just love St. Augustine. Augustine says this when he was a younger man. He says, I was so blind to the truth that among my companions, I was ashamed to be less dissolute than they were. Remember when you were like in that stage, and maybe you still are, right, where people are doing kind of dumb things, and to fit in, you feel like you have to do the same things. That's what Augustine is saying here. I heard them bragging of their depravity, and the greater the sin, the more they gloried in it. So that I took pleasure in the same vices, not only for the enjoyment of what I did, but also for the applause I won. Brothers and sisters, that's Egypt. That's the world. And maybe you're not like Augustine. Augustine had some serious sin in your life. Maybe you're not there, but maybe you're a little too worried about what the world says. You're a little bit too worried about The Mandalorian Episode 8. You're a little too worried about all the hype and the gossip and everything in the news. No one can be a Christian if they do not leave the world behind. And I know God's been saying this to you. Because he says it to me all the time. 
He calls me, he says, Brian, turn off your news, turn off your phone. The world always is going to be crazy. There's always going to be drama. Everyone always thinks it's the end of the world. And God says to me all the time, he says, Brian, come to the desert. Leave behind the vanity. Come be with me in the desert. This is what Advent's about. Every year I get in trouble, but I just can't help. I'm a glutton for punishment. Every year, people get upset with me when I tell you it's not Christmas yet, but it's not Christmas yet. I, I, it was so, it's so funny. Every year I say this, but it's so, just so true. I could, give, I could pick every single controversial moral teaching the Catholic Church has, and I could preach on it really strongly in one sermon, and you guys would not care. And then every year I'm like, it's not Christmas yet, and people are like, oh, I can't believe you said that. People will like, are like, you're not allowed in my house? Like, don't talk to Father Brian. Don't tell him what we're doing. Here's the point. The entire point is that we're in Advent, and Advent is not Christmas. Advent is the desert. If you're celebrating Christmas yet already, you'll never go to the desert. You'll never hear that voice of John the Baptist crying out to you, prepare the way of the Lord. If your radio's on, if you are shopping all the time, right, if you're decorating all the time and you're already in Christmas mode, you'll just never experience Advent. And the church gives us Advent for the salvation of our souls. And I want to leave you with one last quote. I have like eight quotes today. I apologize. Last quote today is my favorite one. This is what Origen says on this. Origen, one of the great scripture scholars of all of Christian history, he's talking about our gospel today where John says, prepare the way of the Lord. And Origen says, what way of the Lord should we prepare And when the gospel speaks, do you hear that speaking to you? Did you hear John today not speaking to the Jews, but speaking to you in your life? What way of the Lord should we prepare? A bodily way? But is it even possible for the word of God to travel along such a route? And hang with me, I love this. Here's what Origen says to you and me. He says, is it not an internal road to be prepared for the Lord? And straight and even paths built up inside our heart. The way that God wants you to prepare brothers and sisters is your hardness of heart. In Advent, you're supposed to turn off your radio and your newsfeed and your anxieties, and you're supposed to go to the deserts, and that pathway for God in your heart is supposed to be made smooth. If you are distracted with everything else, you'll just never do that. Great and spacious is the human heart, incapable of holding a great deal if only it is clean. 
we have to hear that word again. We have to turn off the noise and the distractions. If I could give you one practical thing, this morning before I came here for Mass, and I'm a priest, you probably don't have this amount of time, I spent two and a half hours this morning in silence and prayer, and I felt like a new human being. And I was reading from the Word of God, and I remembered this morning the things in my life that matter and the things that don't. That's Advent. Jesus, Lord, today may we listen to the voice of the Spirit that calls us to the desert. Lord, may we leave Egypt behind. Lord, may we go through the exodus. May we follow you through the desert. And Lord, may you lead us on the way to eternal life. 